Hello and welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. Today we continue in our series on the fruits of the Spirit and our senior pastor, Perry Duggar, is bringing a message on kindness. You can find our weekly message outline and many other resources on our website at brookwoodchurch.org or on our Brookwood Church app. Yeah, I want you to give it up. for the, These are all Brookwood folks. They have grown up here, and all of these young people are involved in ministry. For students, for teenagers, for children, all of them are regularly involved in ministry. Um, Ellie Kate is not just small. She's 11 years old. And you, some of you don't, do not want to get on this stage, and you're several times older. Um, and also, you saw Brantley Smith's son, who also plays cello, Taylor. We're continuing our spring series, Cultivating Character. If you'll take out your message guide. And I have been delighted by the responses I've had from many of you in your willingness to really open yourselves up to not only self-examination, but examination by God to say, where am I in, in my spiritual development, in my transformation? Galatians 5 is where the fruit of the Spirit is listed, and this is the New Living Translation. It's the one that we sell. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, which is where we arrive today. This fruit of the Spirit, I just want to give us kind of rewind because there's always new people um, joining us. This fruit of the Spirit is actually fruit from the Spirit because none of these character traits are the result of trying harder or exercising greater self-control. You say, well, then how's this fruit produced? Well, there's an interesting verse in the same chapter, Galatians chapter 5. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Now, let me break that one down a little bit. That's the Holman Christian Standard Translation, because I wanted you to see the word flesh. Some translations say uh, sin nature, or, or probably better, human nature than sin nature, but flesh is literal. Flesh is translated from a Greek word, sarks. And it literally means physical body. As opposed to soul or spirit. By implication, we say it, it means our human nature. With its physical, its moral uh, frailties and passions. But it, it doesn't mean that part of us that's sinning. Now, granted, sin comes out of that nature, that old nature, that natural man. But it's really a reference to our humanity as opposed to our spirituality. And if we want to be transformed, if we want to develop the fruit of the Spirit, which is being conformed to the personality and nature of Jesus, we have to live led by the Spirit instead of human. And for our purpose, it just means that. It simply means not living human, living spiritually. 
You said, well, I, well, I am human. Well, not if you're born again. You're not only human. You're, you're now an eternal being with a spiritual nature. And living by the flesh is having a human temporal perspective on everything in our lives. Instead of a spiritual eternal perspective. This here and now human perspective causes me to be consumed, focused on my plans and ambitions. My present problems, pains, sorrows, frustrations, and disappointments. You said, well, isn't that how everyone is? Well, it's certainly how people who don't know God are. But if we know God, if we've been born again, that shouldn't define our existence. We should live with a spiritual perspective that means we live in constant awareness of our forgiveness, of our eternal life, of the love that God has for us, of the Holy Spirit's presence within offering guidance and comfort. And seeing our hardships as refinement of faith. Okay, how many of you had a hard time this past week? I want some hands. Don't go on, no cowardice or you will not go home today. And for you runouts, I'll lock the doors. Let me see it. You had a hard time this week. Now, when you were in the midst of this hard time, Fred, <laughs> did you think God has given me this as a gift to refine my faith. You did. You need to stand up. We'll give you some applause on that thing. Because most of us, including some of those folks right behind you, thought, I'm tired of working with this guy. I can't believe she said that. And we stop right there. But if you are in Christ Every sorrow, every pain, every disappointment, every frustration is given to you by God to refine your faith. Do you believe that? Well, if you believe that, what's all the whining and complaining? What's all the getting mad and angry and frustrated? You see the difference? Count it all joy. That's what it's talking about. Because you have an opportunity here to grow. And instead of us being so mad and upset, we should say, okay, what is God intending in this? What is God intending in this? If we want to bear the fruit of the Spirit, which is Christ-like character, we have to follow the direction of the Spirit within instead of the desires of the flesh. And again, yes, it includes sin, but it just really includes human wants and wishes. You see the difference? Me doing what I want to do in this world. So how do I walk? How do I follow the Holy Spirit? How do you? How do you follow the Spirit? Daily. What do you do, Chris? Die to self. What else you do? You got something to add there, Tina? You pray. That's right. 
But when we pray, we speak to God, and what else? We listen to him. You have to learn to listen. That's more important than what we say, do you know it? We read his word, we study his word, we meditate over his word. And knowing his word enables us to better recognize his voice when he speaks back. Because he never violates his own scripture. It's engaging in worship. This isn't engaging in worship. It's participation. It's aligning yourself with what God's saying. With the word. It's active. You don't have to raise your hand, but for goodness sakes, i got to get a plumber this week. <laughs> That's not worshiping. And if you want to be changed, if you want to be bearing fruit of the Spirit, there's some alignment with that Spirit. Not only in the Word, not only in the message, but also in the worship. It's participating in other spiritual disciplines. You know, I've told you, if you don't really have any kind of spiritual practice, try this one. Pray five times a week for only five minutes. No more than five. Don't pray six. Five minutes, five times a week. Some of you, if you think, He's, I can't possibly do it. So I've got to keep it. You can do it while you're in the shower. Fast one day can be one meal. Could be a fast from food. Could be a fast from media. Take some time away and substitute God's presence in that time. Focus on him. Essentially, it's, it's seeking not merely God moments, but instead seeking to have spirit-led lives. See, our retreat focused on that issue. But see, they're very different. I just need a few moments of spiritual euphoria. That's not what's transformative. What's transformative is day by day walking in the Spirit, living by the Spirit. Put simply, start the day with God, stay with Him throughout the day, end the day with Him, discuss the day's events as your head falls on the pillow, say good night and go to sleep. Well, is that possible? Well, of course it's possible. How many of you think about your sports team 1,000 times a day? How many of you think about your spouse? How many of you consider your grandchild? How many of you think about your children and people you love throughout the day? It's the same thing. It's the same practice. It's practicing, practicing the presence of God. Now, today's focus is on the spiritual fruit of kindness. We'll take this out of order and we'll look first at the theme verse. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So what is kindness? Here's a simple definition. It's concern and consideration for others. You could also um, refer to kindness as love in action. Because 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says love is kind. Now kindness is an inner attitude or disposition It's not just your natural personality. It's an inner attitude or disposition that is created by the Holy Spirit within that causes you to become sensitive 
to the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of others. Is kindness the same as being nice? Who has an answer? Is kindness the same as being nice? Why not? What's wrong with being nice? Being nice is always treating people pleasantly. But the spiritual fruit of kindness is concerned with recognizing and providing for the needs of others. Not being consumed with making everyone happy. Sometimes kindness says no. Because it's not what's best for the person. Even though it may cause disappointment, even anger in the person refused. Do you think Jesus was always kind? Who has courage? Come on. Was he always kind? I like you knows, but y'all are dead wrong. But I appreciate the courage. (laughs) Wasn't Jesus the perfect man? Then he had to have the perfect nature and the perfect personality, which includes kindness. So in other words, your display of kindness might have little to do with the spiritual fruit of kindness. We learn from Jesus how to live perfectly because spiritual fruit is a conforming process to him. Jesus always treated people with kindness and also directness. Isn't it, isn't it interesting how some of us, if anyone speaks to us directly, oh that's, a, oh, that's so offensive. But Jesus, you notice this, Jesus never said, oh, well, I hope this won't hurt you, but I just need to say this to you. Would you please let me say this to you? Ugh. Jesus always spoke truth. Anything less than truth isn't loving and is certainly not kind. Now, say the harshest things in the best way possible, in the most positive way possible, sure. But that's because you are sympathetic, you empathize with the person. But we do all this beating around the bush and we never tell the truth. Jesus always spoke truth kindly, with compassion, with love, though it infuriated some to such an extent they had to shut him up. And they only found one way truly to silence him. Kill him. Well, otherwise, why would they kill him? Because he kept saying the same thing despite threats, despite Beatings, despite accusations, he just kept saying the same true thing. And he said that which people truly needed to hear. Kindness isn't weak. It's not passive. It always says and does what's best for the other person. And it never facilitates or indulges behaviors that would harm a person you care about. Did everybody hear that? What's that called? 
indulge in people to their detriment. It's it's enabling, but somebody else said it. It's codependency. I like that. Somebody's getting happy out there. I like that. I might preach a while if y'all get happy, but if someone's engaged in harmful behaviors, sometimes it's kinder to step back and let that person face the consequences of actions rather than enabling him or her to continue that way. See, some of us are scared to death that someone would be angry with us. Oh, no, I can't. Oh, I love her so much. You love you so much. Because kindness is doing what he needs. Kindness is providing what she needs. And sometimes it might be a rebuke or a no. If I can only say yes, that's codependence. That's not kindness. Kindness, you see, is others-centered, not self-centered. And kindness sees significance, importance, dignity in every person. Kind people see people. They don't look through them. They don't look past them. They don't overlook them. They don't minimize them. All bigotry, racism, prejudice comes from a lack of kindness. Because you only see in the surface and you can think that person is other than me. Are you kind? Are you kind? Kindness is an expression of God's nature first. It's characteristic of God, and it was displayed in Jesus. Understand this, that Jesus was a perfect display of God's personality and nature. Now, God is kind to believers and unbelievers. He's kind to the righteous and the wicked. Look at this, Luke 6. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward in heaven will be very great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. How kind are you to the unthankful? He knows they're going to be ungrateful, even wicked. But God is kind to all, even the evil, even those who reject him. His kindness is evident in creation through what we call, who knows a little theology? What's it called? Very little theology. (laughs) Common grace. Common grace. Matthew 5, 45. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. See, a lot of us think God's not controlling this universe. He is. And God gives equally to all. Good and bad. Righteous and evil. Rebellious and obedient. Throughout the Bible, the kindness of God is expressed to undeserving people. And we number among them, don't we? 
But God doesn't treat us as subjects and slaves. He adopts us into his own family. And he gives us his spirit. And the spirit teaches us to call him what? Abba, which loosely translated is daddy. Galatians 4, 6. God is a good God, not an angry one. And after we're born again, we live in the constant kindness of God as his own children. Now, God's kindness has a limit. It doesn't have a limit because he just is worn out. You're on my last nerve. Who says that? It isn't that God just worn out with you finally. God has decided one day all who reject him will face his justice. But not because he's just worn out with you. And he doesn't, he doesn't punish out of anger, frustration. He's out of control. That's not God. God will execute fair punishment for all sin in an appropriate amount unless your sin has been paid for in Christ on the cross. Do you believe God is kind? Now be careful on this one. Because what you believe about God will control how you relate to him. Whether you trust him and love him or whether you fear and avoid him. If you really relate to God at arm's length, you don't know the kindness of God. See, sometimes we don't really know what we think. Because we always say the right thing. You've been to church enough to be programmed to say the right thing. Which I love those of you who are honest and say the wrong thing sometimes in here. But it's not what we really believe. You have to look at your behavior to see what you really believe. And if you hold God like this and you think he's angry, disappointed in you. You do not know the kindness of God. Why well, you've confused me. How do I know? Ask the Spirit to show you right now. In fact, if the Spirit reveals that to you right now, you don't need to hear anything else I have to say. What do you believe about the kindness of God? Ask the Spirit to show you. People around you know, and it's evident in your behavior. See, if God wasn't kind... He would punish disobedience immediately, wouldn't he? He would punish it upon its occurrence. Because if he's perfectly just, I mean, the truth is, justice is best executed swiftly. But he doesn't. He waits. He delays. Why does he delay? Say it louder. Yeah, so others can be saved. God delays so others can be saved. Second Peter 3, 9. Kindness is also, 
and essential for my salvation. The kindness of God is seen most clearly in our salvation. Look at Titus 3. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness, and God our Savior is Jesus specifically, revealed his kindness and love, which he did through Jesus coming as a man, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to camp on that a moment. He washed away your whole accumulation of sin. He gave you a brand new birth and a spirit that sin could no longer attach to. And he gave you a brand new life. How many of you are living a new life? In kindness and love, which is love in action again, God empathized with our condition. He entered it. And he sent his son who would have to suffer through it so we would know God really does know. Because a lot of us have this, oh, God is an upright blur, this all-powerful person, something up there. He doesn't feel anything I feel. Mm -mm. God empathizes. He enters your place of pain, suffering. He feels it. And he sent the only possible solution to our predicament. His son. But it's interesting, isn't it? In our lostness, we dishonor him. We reject the only one who could help us, who could help us. But instead of punishing us, he sent a savior because of kindness. Don't raise your hand here, but how many of us really do like to punish? Particularly when we're mistreated, when we're dishonored, when we're disrespected, when we're undermined, when we're undercut, when we're slandered. How many of us really like to punish? You say, well, I'm, I wouldn't because I'm kind. And it, but it might be because you're cowardly. You see, sometimes we call ourselves kind when we're really just scared to do what we really want to do. Because if it's kindness... You don't feel the desire for revenge. It's just not there. God would have been justified to condemn us. Wouldn't he? See, we need to know this. I don't think most of us do. Well, I'm pretty well behaved. I don't think we understand God would have been justified to condemn us. Instead, he saved us. Now, you need to let that soak in your soul. Michael, you know anything about that? You understand that truth. It, it changes you. Really, the truth is all God's truth is transformative. It changes us. Romans 2.4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? 
Can't you see that his kindness is intent to turn you from your sin? Some people, particularly in our culture, y'all know, I mean, 71%, I was reading this at Easter, believes, 71% of Americans believe in the resurrection. 63%, I think, declare themselves born again, Christians. Doesn't square with what we see in our culture, does it? But some people in our culture think that God's delay in punishing disobedience is confirmation that there is no punishment awaiting them. I mean, let's be honest. If you could see it honestly, and we ask in our culture, how do you get to heaven? How do you get to heaven? You die. Our culture really believes in, in eternity by death. Not by change, right? Isn't that, isn't that true? And some people do think that because God's doing nothing about it now, he's not doing anything about it ever. And yet Paul declared that God's kind tolerance should not cause complacency. Rather, should promote repentance. God draws us to salvation and away from sin. And not through threats of destruction. I mean, come on, let's be honest. How many of us use threats? And we think that's the motivating way to motivate people. Not God. No threats. He draws people to salvation through the kind offer of forgiveness. You say, well, the whole time I grew up in church, it was always threats, threats, threats. That was somebody that was, had a little anger going on. Because listen, you've heard me this. Just because I say it does not mean it's so. You check that word out. You check that word out. Because there's a, more than one angry preacher in this country. And I might get in a bad mood too. And that day, y'all just say, don't listen to him today. He ate something awful last night. (laughs) But through the kind offer of forgiveness, God draws us to faith. But here's what's surprising. You know, who's ever been offended against in here? Come on. Ever offended? Anybody's ever offended you? Did you forgive? Did you forgive? Did you restore? Uh Uh-oh, yeah, I like that. (laughs) See, that's not the same. Well, somebody hurt my feelings. Somebody said this about me. Somebody caused this trouble with me, and I forgave them. But I will never trust them. I will never let them get near. Mm -mm. God knew what you did better than you do. Forgave you fully, took you home. What's that feel like? We can forgive as long as we keep them out in arm's length. See that? That's not forgiveness. That's just I'm not taking vengeance. Forgiveness means it's gone and we're restored. The kindness of God 
will not continue forever. But it's offered today. And I urge you, if you're holding God at arm's length, come to him today. Receive his mercy. God is kind to you. But are you kind to God? That sounds strange, doesn't it? Are you kind to God? Larry, are you kind to God? Show, are you showing Him concern? Are you showing God consideration? You say, well, that sounds odd. I've never considered that. Well, doesn't it say that we're brought into an intimate relationship like we're the children of the Father? But we still think He's out there unfeeling, distant, hard, cold, away. So why would we show Him anything? Why does He need anything? Because it's a relationship. It's an intimate relationship. In addition, kindness is evidence of my conversion. Christians are trophies of God's kindness and grace. Look at this. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. As shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. In other words, your examples out here in this community. How you live, what you say, how you act. Can God say, hey now, have you seen Michael? Well, didn't he say, hey Satan, have you seen Job? Can he say that about you? Hey, hey, have you seen Susan? Y'all want to act like there's nothing to God and nothing to faith. Hey, wait, wait a minute though. Have you seen Lisa? That's what it's talking about. For all eternity, God will be praised for all of his kindness and love. We know that in heaven. What about on earth? How much praise is going on on earth? How much praise is pouring out of you? If you can't praise, you don't know the kindness, goodness, grace, love of God. Because I'm going to tell you what, it gets filled up in there and it's coming out. We're living examples of God's kindness. And because we've experienced the truth of God's kindness, it's changed us. And kindness springs its fruit from us. You can't know truth of God without getting some of it. And it'll show to everyone that knows you. Ephesians 4. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And remember, that's not only I'm forgiven, because you know what the truth is? We don't have the right to be unforgiving. And if you've ever been deeply forgiven, you will not withhold forgiveness. 
How could you? If we've ever truly experienced complete forgiveness, we will understand grace and we will be forgiving. If we've experienced the kindness of God, which is knowing the truth of God's kindness, it causes us to become kind. You understand? Is this confusing? When you know truth, it's transformative. I didn't say cognitive. We have lots of information that doesn't affect our lives at all, right? When you know it, it knows you, you're altered. You're different. It does something inside to you. Y'all getting this back there? I don't know. Robert, anybody getting this back there? And this transformation is evidence of conversion. Well, I don't have personality like that. I mean, I'm just a little bit gruff. I mean, I can't be all that sweetness and kindness. That isn't me. I'm a... You better have some of it. Because, see, it isn't about who you are and your personality or where you started. It's does the Spirit of God live within you and what's He done to show He's there? Expressing kindness includes sympathy, which is caring for the suffering of others. But it also includes empathy, which is the ability to enter the feelings of others. To feel what somebody else feels. New birth causes increased self-awareness. And greater awareness of others. You folks tracking with me on this? Now, those of you that have been with me, I know you've heard this, but I'm going to use it as an illustration again. I grew up with a very harsh, critical father. Anybody grow up in a home like that? Here's what happens to you in that home. To survive, you've got to strap up on the protection. You've got to bend off the antenna. The receptors. You got to close the ears. You got to close yourself up like this to survive in a hostile environment. Here's the problem what you did for survival causes you to not be able to feel. You walk in your room, your wife's upset. She, after a while, don't you know I'm upset? Well, no, I don't know you're upset unless you. And some of you can walk in a room and you can't feel anything. But naturally, with the Spirit in us, I should be able to walk up close to you and feel you. You hear me? But when we've been in a hostile world, it, we just is self-survival. We're just self-centered. We're self-focused. We are all closed up. But the Spirit of God opens that up. You know what I'm saying? When you, got born again, when you were born again, did you go, oh, I can't believe I've done and said those things. And I'm not just talking about sin. I'm talking about just being. I can't believe I didn't notice anybody else's pain, sorrow, anger. I, I just couldn't even read it. But the Spirit of God... Opened you up. You can feel. 
and sensitivity to the needs of others, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, will cause us to extend aid and encouragement to others. You know what? These people out there are, are doing a great ministry in circles, trying to help people get out of poverty. Some of you volunteer. Give them some money. Do something. Kindness to others is displayed in lots of ways. Because you know what? At its core, it's seeing people. It's seeing people. It might just be a smile at a store clerk. Could be speaking to a small child. A generous tip to a wait staff. Some of y'all that are stingy, y'all need to stay home and quit going out to eat. Because I want you to understand this. That is not an easy job. Everybody know that? And I'm going to tell you, most of the people that are working that job are doing it as a second job. They're also going to school. They're also raising children. They're also doing something else. And they're not overpaid. And yet we're thinking, oh, I bet. You know, my daughter was a waitress one time and she said, no, no. My daughters are strong. No, no, you can't, you got to, you got to, 20%. Every breakfast, every lunch, 20%. Not 15, no, no. Every breakfast, every lunch, 20%. And you better think about 20% at least at night, even when the bill's big. But here's the point. Why wouldn't you bless this person? Why wouldn't you bless that person? You see what's missing? Kindness is missing if I'm thinking, how little can I give? You didn't see her. You didn't feel the burden on that that young woman trying to make ends meet. Can you tell when somebody's struggling? Do you offer a word of encouragement? Do you buy Girl Scout cookies? Well, they're not very healthy. Then give them to me. I always buy at least five boxes. And I'm going to tell you what, I wish I'd bought five of those lemon things. And if y'all have some on your shelf, I want them. I don't even know what they're called. But When they come collecting money from the high school and they're selling you that card of discounts, I don't care if you use the card, give the kid 20 bucks. I mean, what? who are we? You see what I'm saying? Because you are an example of the grace of God in this community. If you got kids leaving your door saying, that's a sour puss, a stingy one, something's missing. They're going to take your trophy. <laughs> Contribute when these kids go on mission trips and they do stuff. Abby Maston's going to multi-nation mission trip. Give her some money for goodness sakes. You see what I'm saying? Big of heart. Kindness. Give some money, some food to people that are homeless. Support some people in need locally and internationally. And for goodness sakes, care about people who don't know Jesus Christ. As I said, I'll say it again, that circles ministry, talk to those folks. How are they helping people escape poverty? Well, I would give, but I don't know what they'll do with the money. 
your little tip ain't going to weigh much anyway. But, <laughs> but, but I want you to understand this. When, when Jesus healed people, remember, what, how did he heal people? Restored sight. Let, taught a man he could tongue, spit on, it, spit on his tongue. I thought they wouldn't allow that today. But. <laughs> enable him to walk. Enable him to stand. Enable him to speak. Another one could see. They could hear finally. I miss reading in my Bible where he said, well, I gave you back this ability. Don't you ever misuse it. Did you find that in your Bible? So then why am I so worried that my little $2 is going to be misused? Look what God gave us without the lecture attached. He healed out of kindness and love for us. He healed out of His care. Kindness causes us to give to bless others. Knowing, you know you can't control that, the recipient. Why would you try? The compulsion to control comes out of fear, not love. Certainly not from kindness. You know, sometimes somebody's down on their luck and they're being helped and somebody wants to examine every dollar. I'm going to tell you this. I don't want everybody looking at every dollar I spent. Do you? Are you kind? Or are you angry and harsh and controlling and abusive? I know some of you are suffering from mistreatment. I know some of you are inflicting mistreatment. Let this be a new day, a new start where you experience the kindness of God from Jesus Christ. Your responses, remember this, are only and always about you, not the person you're inflicting it on, not the circumstances you're blaming. So if you know you have that angry streak, ask yourself right now, what do I believe that's causing this behavior? God has great love for you. And you know what? I want you to understand, you may be that angry person. You were a victim before you became a victimizer. I want our church to grow up and let's help each other escape this. Both those that are subject to it and those that are afflicting it. Counselors, you come to the front. They'll be here to pray with you. You say, I'm a volcano of anger. Help me. Come and experience the love of God. Let Him change you. Let him place his kindness within you by the work of the Spirit. They'll pray for you. They'll pray with you. If you need greater help, we have an entire care ministry of counselors to work with you. They'll anoint you with oil for healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, physical healing. Father, we thank you that you are kind. May we be kind also. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming. Here at Brookwood Church, our desire is to assist you in pursuing a relationship with Jesus so that you can experience transformed life. If you have any questions about this message or you would like to request prayer, 
we encourage you to visit our website at brookwoodchurch.org forward slash get help. You can also find our message archives on our website or on our Brookwood app. Thank you so much for listening and have a blessed day.